Hi, I'm David O'Connor with eXp Realty. And I'm Alex Blancarn with eXp Realty. And today we're going to be going through the roller coaster of what is the 2022 uh, real estate market stats. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about the recession, potential recession, and also our predictions for the market in 2023. Um, well, we teased this one. Um, we were doing the monthly uh, stats, but we thought it would be a good idea to do, hey, let's do a, the, the crazy 2022 uh, year in review. So let's yeah. uh, jump right into it. Yeah, so let's hop into it. Uh, yeah, like like Dave said there, we're going to talk about the uh, the whole year in review this time, not just specific months. But yeah, it was uh, it was a wild ride. I mean, when when you say it was a roller coaster, uh, we'll, we'll show people the stats. But I mean, we peaked at eight oh one in March. Just let that sink in. Eight hundred and one thousand for a residential home in Peterborough. So that's a detached residential in Peterborough, right? Yeah, that's absolutely nuts. Yeah, freehold residential. That's uh, that's nuts. What's so, nice to see is we, we we've gone through the materials, but we, we know it's been a roller coasters, but it definitely you definitely see it in these numbers here. Yeah, it's it's great to see uh, it's great to see the statistics actually back it up um, because you know boots on the ground. You, you've you've seen this year. I've seen forty offers on a property, and then I've seen a property sell for you know a hundred. $110,000 under list. That's what I was just sitting that. on the market. Yeah. It's the it's same nuts. property. It's a property that in February would get 20 plus offers is now sitting on the market for 30 days. That's yeah. It's, it's in, the, crazy. in the same year. So it's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, let's dive into, uh, let's try dive into these market stats. Yeah. So uh, average price here. I mean, we, we saw an increase which is a little bit uh, telling of, of 10.37% year over year. And again, this is just an average for the whole year. It's not really necessary indicative of, of what's happening in the market right now. Uh, but this is average price for the year went up 10%. New listings increased by about 7%, 6.79%. Number of sales declined 26.74%. That's a decline year over year. And days to sell increased 50%, which is a little bit uh, crazy. Uh, definitely the, the later half of the year took uh, took a bit of the weight on that one. Uh, any thoughts on that, Dave? Wow, they're, they're really all over the place because these are two different markets. Um, I kind of zone in on the decline there of number of sales of, of 26.7. So I think that's what drove the prices up in, you know, in the first quarter and the first even four or five months of the year. And uh, if you look at that 10% um, increase year over year, but I think at the peak, we were up almost 40% at one point. Prices have yeah. gone up in three or four months. And then we declined 30 to 35%. So when the dust settles, like comparing to the, the previous year, it's 10%. We're within 2022. We saw real highs and now real lows. So it's we're definitely being all over the board this year yeah absolutely absolutely it's like me trying to play darts here so uh we saw the average sale price you can see a little bit of a graph here so an uptick for sure uh we went from uh around just over six hundred thousand to uh at around 700 so let's dive into the actual numbers here so there you have it we're at 698 for 2022 and 632 
five for for twenty twenty one. And where it gets a little wacky is when we get into the months here. Yeah, so look at those months. Uh, nuts, right? So so you can see there, like I was saying, eight hundred one in March, and then we go all the way down to five seventy five was the lowest in November. What's interesting there is you see an actual up upswing there uh, between November and December, which is what we kind of talked about last podcast. But uh, yeah, any thoughts on that, Dave? Well, I'm just really interested to see the January numbers. Um, I'm, I'm guessing we're going to be a, a slight decline, but not, nothing nothing notable is what, what I'm guessing. But uh, that, those first reports are going to be huge. And of course, the spring market, I think, is going to be really big this year. I think spring market is, is going to tell us what kind of year we're going to have. So I'm, uh, I'm kind of eager uh, to get into the spring market and see what happens. I agree. I agree. And like we can see it kind of in in this data here. But when does the uh, when does the spring market typically hit? Like when do it's, you start to see things? Yeah, pick up? It, it can vary um, sometimes for the waterfront. If uh, if you have a um, an early spring and, uh, and you get the nice weather, the waterfront market can kick off in, in February. Um, I, I'd say I've seen it since since I've been in the biz. I, I, I've seen it usually mid-March. Right. Never. I always tell my, my sellers, you want to be part of the first wave of the spring market if you're having a traditional spring market, because um, you want to be kind of first to market before uh, the inventory gets oversaturated in, in your typical. I, I'd say some sometime in, in the middle of March. But um, as we saw last year coming out of the gates, uh, market picked up in, in January. And yeah, then, we were hot last year. That we by, were hot. April, we were already seeing declines. So it was kind of went the other way. So, uh, yeah. Now, I'd say if it's if we're in for a traditional year, which I don't think we're probably going to be, you could see the activity um, really start by starting in late February. But as we by mid March, we'll, we'll we'll probably have a good sense of what's what's coming our way. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that for sure. Um, here we have the the new listing. So uh, you know, eyeballs are telling me maybe about fifteen fifty uh, for twenty twenty one, and then uh, a little bit over sixteen for new listings. For 2022, so there we have it. Eyeballs didn't lie. We had uh, 1546 for 2021 and 1651 for 2022 in terms of new listings. That, that seems about right. Seeing those numbers, that seemed about right. The one that's going that really surprised me uh, is coming up in the second year, but is the uh, the amount of uh, sales. I yeah, was yeah. Surprised. So as we well here first, I guess you got your month over month for your new listings here. Yes. Yeah, so month over month, like look at those December and January numbers. Um, what's interesting is uh, comparing those numbers to the average price that we just saw. Right. So we saw a lot of uh, maybe February, March, April, May, June sellers. Like look at those increases. So wh what are you seeing there? Maybe you're seeing your neighbor sell for an insane price and going, I want to capitalize on that. And you're listing, you know, two, three, four months after they did. And that's what we really see with those uh, those increase in listings there. Yeah, I saw a lot of this year, a lot of uh, sellers were kind of late to the dance. They kind of came in. Um, they saw all those record highs in uh, February going into March. And the, the people who start hitting the market in April, May were, were seeing already at that point, market had dropped 10, almost 15% in some sub markets. And then you see yeah. that going into the summer. Now, traditional summers, um, there's a bit of a low. I call it usually July, August. There's a low, but I thought, as you can see in here, there the listings were still fairly high, and I still think it was some of that um, residuals from from that 
um, crazy spring we had and sellers hoping they could, could still cash in, but you know, most of them didn't. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Number of sales. Yeah. This is the big one here. Look at that drop. Look at that drop year yeah. over year. And, and you see it here, like almost 400 sales dropped. Like we, we went 1335 in, in 2021 and 978 in 2022. So less than a thousand. That's a, that's a pretty big change year over year. As I said, this was the one when we went through these, this was the one that really surprised me because, because of the crazy first four, four months we had of 2022 and all the activity, it felt like it was a busier year for sales than it was, but then the drop off. And then of course, how slow the market's been the last five months or so. So, so I guess thinking about it, it does make sense, but it just felt like we had more sales this year, just based on how we, we came out of the gates pretty hot in 2022. Yeah. And, and we can see that here with the month over month data. Uh, you see, look at that. Like, like you're peaking in March, um, 44 sales in January, but you're peaking in March and you see that uh, with the average price as well, which peaked in March. But then you see a huge drop off. Like, look at those September, October, November, December numbers, yes. like a huge drop off. And that's really what we're seeing uh, pull those number of sales down year over year. And no fall market, if you look. No. Just just, no. just never, never really happened this year. Yeah. And then and then you've got days to sell. Right. This was another one that that was a huge change. Uh, year over year and you can see it with the graph there but look we went from 12 days to sell all the way up to 18 which is i think they said around a 50 percent increase uh year over year now this next slide coming up i think if anything explains the year we had <laughs> it could be this one like look at that look at february a week to sell your home you threw your home up on the market yeah i mean we did see the price low with a hold um, that was pretty typical in the February, March market, which explains again, the average price, but you threw it up maybe, you know, a hundred thousand dollars under market value and you held offers for a week and it sold. That was really the narrative in February. And then you, you zoom all the way down to the fall market and we're at 29, 28, 27, 29, 37 days to sell in December. Like what's going on, you know, like what's going on it, Dave, what, what, what are your thoughts on it's, that? It's the tale of two markets. Um, as, you, as we've been talking about, we came out of the gates hot, but the, the thing that's staggering about those single digit numbers you see in, in January, February, March, April, is if they, if they weren't holding for a week, these would be selling in one or two, three days. Um, so Absolutely. They, they were holding, um, you know, to create, uh, to, to do your marketing, to get buyers the opportunity to come see the property. And then, a lot of these properties were, you know, receiving double-digit offers, and uh, yeah. And then, as as you see, it, it, stuff was still kind of moving as as we got further into the spring market and early summer. But then, um, then yeah, just slowed slowed right down there. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And then you see that really with the months of inventory. Like, look how low it is in 2021. You can see it there, uh, the first half of the graph. And then look how it just picks up after the spring of 22. And again, and that's the amount of uh, inventory available on the market. As you can see, there wasn't much in the beginning, a lot of bidding wars, um, stuff selling, record highs. And then as you get later into the year, just uh, more more buyers than uh, 
um, sorry, store more inventory than, than buyers and it goes the other way. Yeah. And, and what we see just for reference here, um, months of inventory is a statistic that helps us kind of determine what type of market we're in. So anything really lower than three months of inventory is considered a seller's market. Anything above uh, is a balanced market, normally three to five, three to six months of inventory. And then you've got your buyer's market is anything above six. And what this is, is it's a ratio between the uh, number and, and, and really the, the activity of sales and the number of new listings. So it really measures supply and demand. What it takes is the rate of sales, sorry, and divides it by the new listings and the ac activity on the market. So what, uh, what did we see month over month with, with these changes here, Dave? Well, and as you can see, we're, we're in a very heavy seller's market for the first half of the year, according Absolutely. to the stats. And then we talked about this the last few podcasts. If, uh, with the exception of where it looks like in November there, we dipped into a more balanced market briefly. Um, we're still technically, according to this stat, we're still technically in a seller's market, but we're not seeing that out there. Tune into the last podcast where we get into it a little bit more in detail. But the short version is uh, buyers have been waiting on the sidelines and there's a lot of different reasons for that. The rate hikes, the uh, we kind of talked about the, uh, the what people are hearing on the news, and uh, people are a little uh, little scared to enter the market. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And here's kind of your this is neat. So what I wanted to do here was kind of pull up 2021 versus 2022. So you can see October, November, December of 21. We're at you know below one uh, for months of inventory. Now this doesn't take into account decimals. Um, so when it says zero months of inventory, that doesn't mean uh, we have no inventory on the market. Um, what it what it means is that anything that gets listed is getting scooped up like that. Uh, that's what it means. So what's neat is you can really look at the correlation here uh, between months of inventory and the average sale price. If we're looking, you know, early 2022, we see a heavy seller's market, like you just mentioned. And then we scroll down to November, where we saw uh, the lowest price in terms of average price. And we see three months of inventory. So it's neat to see the contrast between months of inventory and the average sale price and really how the type of market determines what type of of activity and what type of prices we might expect to see. Definitely. So now let's talk about uh, the Grinch who stole Christmas here. Uh, <laughs> and for those that don't know, this is Tiff Macklem. Uh, he's kind of the spokesperson for the banks, the Bank of Canada. Uh, and the reason that I say he stole Christmas is we'll scroll on to the next slide here and you'll kind of see what the Bank of Canada did um and how he stole christmas uh this year so yeah as you can see here folks like we were at a 0.25 percent interest rate uh for a long time uh you can see it for since september 8th of 21 and then the bank of canada came and they released a 0.25 percent interest rate increase in march of 22. now where i see an issue with this is uh Tiff Macklem in 2020 actually came on air and publicly said that they were going to keep rates low uh, for the future. And 
the reason that this is an issue is because, I mean, nobody could have predicted what happened uh, with, with COVID-19 and how the economy was going to respond to that. So you can't really blame the guy for coming out and saying that. The problem is it may have influenced people to take a variable rate mortgage because the, the Bank of Canada's interest rates impact the variable rate mortgage. The fixed rate mortgage is impacted by Canadian bond yields. So when we see the interest rate increases come up, it's really only impacting those variable rates. It's not impacting your fixed rate directly. Oh, yeah, it, that, that's that's a huge point because I actually I didn't realize that that uh, that he influenced the market in that way because the, the the buyers in January February March here if you look at the chart that came in they're like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the variable rate and if it's fixed variable and, and they're locked in with no option um, then they, they're in for a ride already as you can see. And, and speaking of that ride, there was a statistic that came out that said 60% of Canadians opted for a variable rate in January 2022, which is absolutely huge when you look at what happened for the year of 2022. We went up 4%. So what does that mean for your monthly payment if you stuck with that variable rate and, and wrote it out through the year? Well, I did a bit of math uh, and, and just roughly speaking here, if you had a $2,000 monthly payment for your mortgage and the average variable rate interest rate in 2022 of January, when those 60% of Canadians would have hopped on to the variable rate was around one and a half percent. So when we increase that by 400 basis points, like we saw here from the Bank of Canada, it turns your $2,000 monthly payment to a $3,000 monthly payment, yeah, roughly, that, roughly yeah, speaking. Inflation and increased costs for living, for, for groceries and everything, that's uh, that's that's a hit. Yeah, that's a Christmas stealer, for sure. That's, that's stealing your Christmas. So, I mean, I remember uh, it, the difference there between June and July. I remember that 1% interest rate increase because it was absolutely absurd. Uh, I believe, historically, this is the fastest the Bank of Canada has ever increased the interest rates ever in the history of the Bank of Canada. So this is huge. It was a huge year. And you see that in the impact on the average price, not only in Canada, but in Peterborough as well. This so let's I, this is a great chart you put together here. Yeah, so let's let's talk about this a bit. I mean, the StreamYard logo is cutting it off there, but it's saying in March we saw 0.25% increase, increase in interest rates. And this is just going over how the average price in Peterborough was impacted by these interest rates. So you see 801 in March, then we dropped down to 721 in April. That may have been an effect from that increase, increase in interest rates, the 0.25. And then TIFF goes, okay, let's do another half a percent. So we do another half a percent in April. And what's interesting is we see the average price actually increase in Peterborough uh, between April and May, but then it takes another big hit and drops down from 721 to 655 in June. And then in June, TIFF goes, okay, let's do another half a point. So we do another half a point. We drop down about $11,000 uh, month over month. And then TIFF says, okay, let's do another 1%. And it drops again, about $33,000 by September. 
another 0.75%. This one's neat. We went up. Yeah. We went up about $30,000 in Peterborough between September and October, despite what just happened with all of those increases. So, yeah, a bit strange there. Uh, I, I, would guess, I would guess that we, we thought we were going to have a fall market. Yeah, like it yeah. Kind of, it kind of started, but then uh, reality sunk in, I think. Yeah, and you see maybe some more activity in the fall because of that. Um, and, and then, of course, we had the next two interest rate increases. The one in December was a pretty big one. I did not expect uh, a half a point. I was uh, I was expecting a quarter point, to tell you the truth. Um, so that one was a bit of a shocker. Um, but yeah, you can just see how the price got hammered down with every single interest rate increase. So uh, this one's kind of neat. We're looking at sales versus new listings because this is really a measure of, uh, or, or could be a measure of supply and demand in what's happening in the market. So if we take you know that lens and look at this data with that lens, we see the blue bar as a, uh, a signifier of demand. So the blue bar is the number of sales for the month. And then supply would be the green bar, which is the number of new listings. So you can really see the difference between the level of supply and demand in June. Yeah. Look at that difference. Like huge. You've almost got half as much demand as there is supply. Maybe maybe more than half as much. So really, we did see that in, in the average price. Uh, it, it continued to fall. Um based on really the amount of supply versus the amount of demand. And then you look at December, right? So we saw that uptick in December. Well, look at the supply and demand levels. But I, I think the only thing this doesn't capture is that that's, it's not capturing the uh, days on market. That's right. Even, yeah. even though it looks like that that's even, but in December there, the green and the blue, but you've got property sitting on the market for almost 40 days. So the, there was actually, yeah. actually more supply, but this is just talking about what, what, what new listings came to December versus sales. But it's not yeah, that's a great point. All the properties that are sitting. So if, if that was somehow to be incorporated in this, that green would just be a lot higher if it was a if it was available properties versus sales. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. That's a great point. If it was active listings instead of new yeah. listings. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of compare and see what's going on uh, year over year. So again, we've got the same thing. Green's new listing. Blue is number of sales. Uh, and then you've kind of got that first uh, graph there as 2021. And then the second set of, of uh, bars as 2022, just to show you the difference uh, year over year. So you can really see just based on this picture, the difference between supply and demand over the years. I mean, it really sticks out in June. Yeah, it definitely looks like a more closer to a balanced market in 2021 there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it looks like pretty much anything that was listed, uh, you know, we saw maybe 40 new listings for the month and maybe 35 sales kind of thing. That seems to be the average trend maybe uh, for every single month in 2021 there. And and we saw that change uh, drastically in 2022, especially as you get into uh, the end of spring and the start of summer there. So, I mean, here's going to be... Uh, this is going to be a tough one here. Uh, let's let's start with the 2023. So what, what are your predictions for 2023, Dave? Okay, I don't, I'd like to uh, do a little disclaimer. I don't want anyone doing any investments based on this uh, specific information yeah. they're about to get. There's a lot of different ways this could go. Um, the, the way I see this year playing out, 
is you'll see prices trend down for the next couple of months still. Um, Bank of Canada is meeting, what, the 25th? That's right. Maybe another quarter point. I, I don't see it being a big one at this point. Um, so then prices will trend down for a few months. We'll have a spring market. Um, not, not, not an aggressive one, but I think the buyers will come back. Um, and then temporarily, we might have even some bidding wars, maybe March, April, maybe into May. But I really see it balancing out by the summertime. And I see prices going down again later in the year. So we're going to trend down a little bit for the first few months. You might see prices go up through, throughout the spring market or the, the months just after as, as you know, closing dates and whatnot. But then by the end of the year, I see things trending back down again. And uh, yeah, so the good news is I think we'll have a bit of a spring market. And I guess the other good news is, I not to tease the next one, I don't see us spinning into a, a big recession either. So yeah. Yeah, so I, I would have to agree with you. I mean, I've got my crystal ball right over here to the right of me. Uh, and, and I'm looking in that. Uh, and, and there's a number of factors. Again, please do not interpret this as investment advice. Uh, this is really us speculating. I, who knows what's going to happen in the market? Nobody does. Um, so uh, there's a couple of points I wanted to touch on. There, was, there were two reports uh, that came out. One was from RBC. The other one was from Royal LePage, uh, the, the real estate brokerage uh, in Canada. And, and what they said was we're going to see the biggest discrepancy between prices in Q1 of 2023. So what does that mean? Well, they're saying that when you compare Q1 of 2022 to Q1 of 2023, it's going to be a huge difference. It's going to be a huge decline, which is not outrageous to say when you think about where we're at right now versus where we were at in Q1 of 2022 when the average price was 801 in March. Like, obviously, it's going to be lower than that. But what's interesting is what they say after that is that we'll start to see it flatten out, which is very, very interesting. So what they basically did was they predicted and called a bottom of uh, uh, beginning in Q1 of 2023. So they're saying the bottom of the market is going to be Q1 2023, and then they're expecting it to flatten out now. Is there any merit to this? Well, if you ask me, they they don't know any better than we know. Uh, they're just kind of calling the shots here. But what we've learned from the past, you know, past two quarters of 2022 is that the news heavily influences what buyers will do. So if a bunch of news comes out that says, okay, the bottom of the market is going to be March of 2023, that's going to be the lowest price. Will we see a bunch of buyers come to the playing field in that bottom of the market. And if it is the bottom of the market, all of those buyers that are coming to the playing field now, will that cause prices to increase? And you touched on it a little bit, and I would have to agree. Every single buyer I, I seem to be talking to says, I want to wait till spring. I want to wait till spring. And so I, I do think we're going to see a, a big spring market. And I, Well, I think what's going to happen, though, is – the inventory is not going to be there. And one of the big reasons is the the fringe sellers, the people who are like on the sideline, should I sell now or not? They're going to see those low prices and they're, they're going to step back for a little while. And I think we'll see a drop in inventory. We'll see the buyers come back. And then we could have a, a couple of months of, of, of prices going up, uh, bidding wars again, at least temporarily. 
before it maybe flattens out by summertime. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I mean, well, let's see what happens, but I would have to agree. I, I think, I think we are going to see, you know, a lot of buyers come to the surface in spring. I mean, I, I certainly hope so for the state of the market. Um, but uh, yeah, let's, let's touch on now maybe the, uh, the stickier topic there, which is uh recession. I, I think we've been talking about a recession in the news uh, for six or seven months now. And um, as we touched on a little bit last podcast uh recession technically is two negative quarters of gdp so we haven't had two negative quarters yet but we don't have the q4 data for 2022 yet so we that hasn't come out yet so we don't know if it's going to be a negative quarter in q4 of 2022 i believe that comes out sometime in february but every single time the gdp has been reported uh, for 2022 so far, it's come in, I believe, above the expectation. So what do you see happening uh, in 2023 recession-wise? Is there going to be one? Are we going to have a soft landing? Are we going to escape and not technically have one? Or are we already in one right now? Yeah, again, we, we did touch on this. There's some that say we are. If you look at uh, inflation, uh, cost of living, uh, we, we could be, um, it's hard times for a lot of people right now like you touched on job numbers. So the, the last statistic for job numbers came out uh, in December and, and we saw 110,000 new jobs in Canada. So the reason this is significant is what happens in a recession? Well, typically you see a lot of layoffs and then people cannot afford goods and there's a lot of pain in the economy. So what are we seeing jobs wise? Well, we're seeing a lot of people are still able to get jobs. Uh, I know they're, like you mentioned, the tech stocks. I mean, today is is January 20th, Friday. I was listening to the news and there was a huge layoff at Google. Um, I believe there was another layoff earlier this week for Amazon. So the, techs, the tech uh, industry is definitely seeing some of that pain, especially in these bigger companies, Google and Amazon, huge, huge companies in the world. So what's interesting about these job statistics is Jerome Powell, who is the leader of the central bank for the states, has come out publicly and said until, I mean, I'm rephrasing here, but until we start to see some problems in the job market, I'm going to continue to increase interest rates. The reason this is significant is because TIFF kind of goes hand in hand with what happens in the states. So Will the Bank of Canada say, okay, we're, we're still having, you know, a lot of job activity in terms of new jobs in Canada, so I've got no problem increasing interest rates? Who knows? Let's see what happens. I mean, we got to wait till the 25th. I think everyone's going to be on their edge of, edge of their seat. But what's important in terms of a recession is what the Bank of Canada does. I mean, it, it, we, we've been seeing... A lot of pain, like you said, whether everyone I talk to, whether you go to the gas pump, whether you go to the grocery store or whether you have to pay for housing, there's a lot of pain right now. So maybe it doesn't reflect that in the GDP numbers, but I do think that pain will continue. I do think that pain will continue until, you know, until we start to see that in the data, who knows what the news will say, but I, I do think the pain will continue and, and it's unfortunate for yeah. the everyday Joe. It's it's really unfortunate. Maybe we'll see a nice little decrease just in time for Christmas so they can make up for this year. 
Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll give us a little Christmas present. So, I mean, I really bounced around a lot there, but I, I do honestly think there will be a recession. Um, I do think it's, it's kind of unavoidable. Uh, I know everybody's talking about it, but I do think we might see, you know, Q, Q2, Q3, Q1. We, we might see some negative GDP. So we'll see. I mean, for Q4 of 2022, uh, the expectation, I believe, was 0.2 for the GDP. So we're getting really close to those negative numbers. Uh, I think we're at 0.7 or 0.8 uh, from Q3 of 2022 uh, in terms of GDP. So we're, we're getting really close to those negative numbers. Um, you know, if we do start to see one negative number, will we see another negative number following that? Uh, I, I do think we will just because of the market's reaction to that first negative number. So um, absolutely. I was thinking maybe you know, we, we like to do our little bets. I thought a good one might <laughs> yeah. be what we think from January, even though the January numbers aren't out yet, but the average detached home. So we saw a peak member last year at 801 and we're, we're sitting around what, five, 580 right now. Yeah, 580. I think 583. Yeah. So what you believe um, the increase or decrease percentage wise will be between January and December of 2023. What are, what are your, what are your thoughts? I think we're going to see a decrease. I don't think it's going to be a big decrease, but from what I'm seeing on the MLS every day, uh, I do think we're going to see a decrease. I think there's been a decrease in activity. Um, so I, I think we're going to drop, three to 4%. I don't think it's going to be a big drop, but I do think we're going to see a decline for sure. What about you? You're just a, you're just a bummer today with the recession and your three yeah. to 4%. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic. All right. All right. I believe we're in for a little bit of a roller coaster, not like 2022, but I think when the dust settles, I think the average sales price between January and December will be very comparable, almost net neutral by the end. Of okay. The so I believe we're going to go down. We're going to go up in the spring maybe balance for a bit, maybe trend down. But I think when the dust settles from December or January to December, 2023, uh, it would be net neutral. That's, that's my prediction. That would be, uh, that would be pretty. All right. I, uh, then, uh, yeah, we yeah. can do a year in review, uh, next year and uh, maybe even show clips and, <laughs> and see how yeah. we can see how wrong we are. I mean, I've still got to, uh, I've still got to eat those, those donuts. So, um, I'll have to come over to the, uh, the O'Connor residence and, uh, and we can have a bit of a feast. Yeah, we'd love to have you here. We didn't yeah. talk about this, but I did have a, a little tip I was going to throw out. Um, yeah, yeah. I think there could be for this is for investors. There could be a really good opportunity in 2023 on, on pre-construction. Now, just quickly, um, I, I grabbed a stat. You're the stat guy, but I, I grabbed one stat. And this is specific to Toronto, but and it's not going to be the same. But in Toronto in 2023, there's 30,000 condos scheduled to uh, close. And uh, there's a good percentage of them, right, that were um, people that never, buyers that never intended on on closing. They want to um, assign the sale, yeah. so assign and sale. Um, but a lot of them can cannot afford it. And what mm -hmm. has happened is since they purchased it, they're hoping, you know, prices trend up. The buyer who buys an assignment sale is always looking for, you know, a discount. But what do you do when property values just went down 10, 15, 20% from when you, when you purchase? So what that's going to equal, you can't afford it. You can't close. You don't be like sued or go, go bankrupt. So you, you have to sell this property before it closes. So there's going to be an opportunity for buyers to swoop in 
and um, and get kind of that assignment sale discount. And that's not not just in Toronto. I grabbed that condo stack because it's staggering. There's thirty thousand condos, but I think townhouses, residential. I think you, you, even in and around uh, Peterborough, the and and, and Durham area, uh, there's going to be some opportunity for the, uh, the the savvy buyer to maybe swoop in and get an assignment sale. So that's my little tip for 2023. Yeah, that's a great tip. That's a great tip. I'd have to agree. I, I've heard a lot of stories similar to, uh, you know, that's kind of what the fear is, is oh. those 30,000 condos and, and, and the buyers not being able to close on them. Or someone that I feel bad for the people just dipping their toe. They're like, I always hear real estate safe. So they put money yeah, yeah. on a property they can't afford and now prices have decreased and they're, they're in for a big loss. So um, again, kind of a on a sour note for them, but an opportunity for uh, for some buyers. Yeah, so I mean, is is 2023 the year of pain, or is it the year of uh, of pleasure? We'll have to see. I mean, well, they tough to call. A lot of a lot of people make money in these downturns, right? So yeah, so uh, yeah, but it's at other people's expense. So this has been a bummer of a podcast. Yeah, yeah, it has been a bit of a bummer. It's been a bit uh, of a hey, bummer. Yeah, I'm an optimist. Maybe when uh, we do our our January numbers, maybe we've got some good news for people. I'll be coming out in a few weeks, so let's let's yeah, hang I hope on. so. Let's hang on. Fingers that. crossed. Let's end on, let's end on that note. But let's end on that note. Yeah, that's right. So, Mr. Blankarn, just want to thank you again for putting that deck together, and uh, appreciate you as always. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to get you those donuts. And uh, yeah, and uh, maybe for the next one, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. All right, thanks for your time, man. And uh, yeah, sign off here. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, drop a subscribe and a like down below. It really helps out. And uh, yeah, let us know if you ever have any questions or anything uh, real estate related. You just want to talk markets or what's going on. Uh, absolutely, feel free to reach out. And uh, yeah, until next time, guys. The, 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 that's all, folks. See you later.